Learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all yourself, said Eleanor Roosevelt. If you've ever wished you could foresee financial missteps before they happen, well, then this might be the episode to check out because on today's episode, we're going to talk about how to arm ourselves against hopefully some money mistakes that we can avoid, you know, stepping into because we're going to have a great conversation once again with Mike Flanders from Strategic Planning Corporation right here on Strategic Planning Podcast. Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into the show this week as Mike and I are going to talk about money mistakes you'll probably regret and hopefully how to avoid them. That's the topic this week here on the podcast with Mike. So we've got kind of five to run through for folks. So hopefully you will enjoy this week's content. And Mike, my friend, what's going on? It is late October. Uh, it's feeling the air is crisp and feeling good. It sure is. And you know, uh, I love this time of the year. You know, number one, you got typically beautiful leaves out and you got cooler weather. Uh, it's nice being outdoors. Um, but the thing I love is just more opportunities to get together with family and friends and, and that kind of stuff and enjoy uh, some of those things like uh, fire pits and cookouts and going to kids' plays and sporting events and all that kind of stuff. So we're having a ball doing some of that stuff. Yeah, man. And it's, uh, you know, again, the cool temperatures make it a little more enjoyable. And I mean, I love summertime and stuff, but it's also nice to just to go out and not have your face fall off from the heat. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sweat a pool. That's right. That's right. It works. A sweat pool. There you go. That works as well. So, yeah. Well, you know, we're talking about you know regret. We all have it in life. It's a. It's just part of being human and making choices and making mistakes along the way. And you know, ideally, we can try to learn from. I think with working with a professional like yourself, especially someone who's been doing this for as long as you have, Mike, you've you've seen so many things and done so many things and. You know, it's it's a little easier, I think, as a person trying to plan for retirement to work with someone who's done, you know, hundreds or thousands of these because this is our first one. We're probably going to make a mistake if we totally do it on our own. You know, yeah. it's, yeah. just, it's yeah. just easy. We've never done it before. Right. It's like trying to build a deck for the first time if you've never swung a hammer. Oh, boy. Don't, You're probably going to mess me up. started. <laughs> right. Exactly. So with that said, let me get started here with number one, uh, regretting taking premature IRA withdrawals or maybe like a loan from, you know, like taking a loan against your 401k or something like that. Many people yeah. go this route and it's a lot of advisors say hey, this is like the last option they'd like to see you do. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I'll see people in simple IRA plans, which are a little different than uh, 401k because you don't have loans there and you also don't have the hardship thing you have to do if you wanted to just withdraw from a 401k. You can just withdraw from a simple IRA, but there's penalties. I mean, in the first two years of your participation, the penalty is 25% of the amount you take out if you're less than 59 and a half years old. And uh, then it's 10% after that. But I'll see people think in terms of, well, my employer is matching 3% of what I put in. I need this money for this, such and such. And just figure it well, the employer's contribution will take care of it. But here's the deal if you have money in a plan and you're a younger person uh, and all, you might think, well, taking this $10,000 out, all it's cost me is $10,000 and a little bit of tax. But quite frankly, the fact that you don't leave it in there for another 10, 20, 30, 40 years until you retire and then use it then, that $10,000 might be costing you as much as $200,000 in lost opportunity. And that's huge. 
So, you know, that that's one of the things. Uh, but also, again, paying the taxes in your higher earning years, as opposed to possibly waiting till later when you might not be, be paying as much tax. But I will say this, there are times where taking money out of your IRA before you have to, and for instance, if you're 73 this year, mm-hmm. this is the first year you have to take money out of your IRA. That's been changing over the last few years with right. different legislations, uh, bills that have come out. But if you take it out before that, but you know, after you're 59 and a half, so you don't have the penalty, sometimes taking it out a little bit early might not be a bad idea. Just depends on your circumstance. But for the most part, I'd say leave it in there and let it grow tax deferred until you actually need it. And um if you if you got a big expense, you know I, I always tell people call me and talk to me. We can probably figure out another way to fund this as opposed to taking it out of your retirement account. There you go. All right, great point for sure. Because uh, yeah, often we do wind up regretting doing that after the fact. So if we can find another solution, that might be a good way to do it. Number two, you know, and I just mentioned like building a deck and swinging a hammer. Anybody who's ever done projects at home uh, is maybe familiar, maybe not familiar with the term, but certainly familiar with the concept of scope creep. And that is the scope of the project gets keeps creeping. It keeps getting bigger than, than you intended right. for it to do, right? And so yep. we also suffer from something called lifestyle creep as we get into our peak earning years. Mike, you get into your 40s and your 50s, you're probably making the most you ever have, and you start mm-hmm. treating yourself a little more. Maybe the kids are out of the house and off the payroll. So you start living a little more lavishly than maybe you did a few years prior to that, which is great, but just be careful so that you're not you know, robbing future you who's waving at you from down the street saying, don't forget about me. Yeah. Um, and and the one you mentioned about the kids getting out of school and, you know, you, it, I hear people say, I'm getting a pay raise. You know? Right. Exactly. Uh, the pay raise ought to go in the bank. I mean, and I don't mean the bank, but then, in, you know, in, into investing. And unless you don't have the, the retirement uh, savings in the bank to take care of emergencies, then take care of that first. There but you then go. Okay. Invest that money. Uh, you know, think in terms of save first and then uh, you know, reward yourself for doing the savings and the investing, uh, not for just getting a pay raise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that should come with the territory because, you, you know, you're doing a good job. Your employer recognizes it. And by merit, you get an increase. Take that money and and, and uh, get it socked away for yeah. your future and uh, small rewards, but not so much that you damage your opportunities later on to be able to retire and and maintain your standard of living at that at that point yeah yeah uh kick a little to the retirement kitty right yeah so put a little in there as well and speaking of kids and tuition right so i paid so much in tuition for the kids that it's it's put me back that's number three here on mistakes you might regret uh so many you know financial uh, clients or folks in this situation where they're they're sacrificing a little too much to help the kids and I get it we I, you know I, I help my daughter as well but we only want to we have to draw a line somewhere basically Mike because if not it's this cyclical problem where you sacrifice too much of your retirement years to help them with college and now you need help and they're so they're now helping having to help you and it's just a bad cycle to get into. Well, and at that point, they're probably helping their kids too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, so th- there's nothing to help you with. Um, but uh, that is, uh, I-, I think, just a-, a basic problem when we think we have to hand them everything on a silver platter because right. it doesn't really help them. It's good for them to have some skin in the game so that they feel like they participated, that they they paid some of the price for this. It makes it so much more valuable as opposed to just – you know, kind of like the full ride and right, uh, right. I'm, I'm uh, uh, you know, a trust fund baby or whatever. Yeah, I don't have a carefree in the world. Yeah. Use, therefore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the bottom line is um, 
letting your kids participate in that. And and I don't mean by going out and getting student loans or things like that. I'm talking about get a job and work through school. My goodness, it keeps them out of a lot of trouble because it keeps their time full and they're occupied. And, um, you know, or or get involved with uh, ROTC and, and have a military uh, career after you graduate or, you know, what have you. There's all kind of ways to fund and finance your, your college education and not depend on your parents. Um, and, you know, of course, doing that, uh, going through school and, and your parents paying the whole thing, a lot of times you'll find that they're also living in the basement after they get finished with school and uh, still getting their cell phones paid for and, uh, you know, other things that they hand out because they're spending all the money they get on on fun and, and all that kind of stuff. Right, and, right. And not really getting mature and serious about life. And, and don't forget, folks, I mean, it's a simple concept, but, you know, you can borrow money for school. You can't borrow money for retirement, right? Yeah. I, I mean, technically, I suppose you could, could, say, could say a reverse mortgage could be a way, uh, but right. other than that, there's really not really, it's not like you go to the bank and go, can I borrow $100,000 for my retirement, please? <laughs> <laughs> they say, sure, not here, though. <laughs> right, yeah. They're not going to be too inclined to do that. They're going to be like, because you're going to go spend it and then you know, pass away. We're not going to get our money back, right? So, you got uh, any wealthy relatives you want to go talk right. to? That's <laughs> right, exactly. So just be careful. Balance. Balance is the key. Right. Uh, number four, you retired a bit too early, and now it's costing you, right? Same kind of thing. Uh, especially for this one, Mike, I think like if you're hating your job and you're ready to go and all that kind of stuff and you start kind of compromising in your brain and on the back of the napkin sketching where you start going, all right, we could live off of 5,000 a month. So if we cut this corner, we cut that corner, we could retire early. And then you wind up regretting that after the fact and then you're not so happy. Right. So be very careful here with the retiring too early. Plus it really magnifies everything else that you're going to need because you got more years to fund. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you know, the the social security benefit if you if you're not retiring, you know, at, at either full retirement age or even with deferred credits up to age 70, uh, you know, that's that's uh less money coming in from that source. Uh it, it maybe if you have a pension or if you've been saving in a 401k or a simple IRA that you haven't been able to continue to accumulate enough to get there. If you like you mentioned, hate your job and it's just something you've done to, to take care of your family and all that sort of thing. And that's great. I, I congratulate you on doing that. But maybe it's get out, out of that job, having found something else that gives you more satisfaction, but continues to produce enough income so that you can afford to uh, keep going longer, possibly, and funding that retirement account. Uh, and letting uh, the Social Security de defer. If you've already made those decisions mm -hmm. and you took your Social Security early, and you, you you know you're having to dip into funds, maybe it's time to get back in the workforce. I mean, you know, right. these again are things that are just you got to be realistic, or else. Uh, you're going to pay some serious prices later on. Yeah. You know, and we've heard us talk before here on the show that longevity is a great risk multiplier to other things like taxation risk and in inflation risk and stock market risk, right? Mm -hmm. So early retirement adds to the longevity, right? So it's That's like almost like a risk multiplier on steroids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so I'm not saying that you can't. No, absolutely not. Just, it's just, just run the numbers. Like, have your eyes open when you go into it and make yeah, sure you yeah. know what's going to happen yeah. and and that you're not making it on, on a shoestring you know yeah. just that it's not just barely eking by and we'll figure this out right you know 
make sure it makes sense and include inflation in your calculations. Yeah, and, and I think at my point there to begin with was it was also don't talk yourself into cutting corners because it gets you to your goal, right? Because you may hate that. You may wind up being like, I I really hate that we, we can't do some of the things we want to do in retirement now because we did it on the shoestring, to your point, right. and we cut some corners. So just run the numbers and make sure. Yep, exactly. All right, number five, final one here. Uh, maybe you know it's it's more tax diversification than our original conversation. Uh, you know, you maybe you feel regret that you didn't look into other opportunities or tax buckets, if you will. You dumped everything. You back to that million dollar conversation. You dumped the million dollars into the four hundred one k, and that's it. You didn't really think about tax diversification. Right, and you know the thing you want to try and calculate is. Um, what is my income situation and ergo my tax situation going to look like when I retire compared to what it looks like while I'm working? And it may be that your tax situation is going to be a higher bracket when you retire. And in that case, you really do want to focus on paying the taxes now when you're in a lower bracket and having tax-free income later when you're in a higher bracket. But it's not always like that. Sometimes you're in a higher bracket now and a lower bracket once you retire. So then that uh, indicates that you ought to be taking the tax deductions now and putting the money in pre-tax yeah. and pay the tax later, uh, you know, after deferring it and letting it you know, be a part of compounding your value in that account. But, you know, just like we talked about last time, you, you got to remember that those taxes are going to come due at some point, either now by putting in money after I've paid the taxes into a Roth type account or later by putting the money in before taxes now, saving that, letting it accumulate and having it available, albeit taxed once I retire. But you just got to look at, okay, how many years do I have? What's my capacity to save and, and, and invest? And what's my expectation that that will be in terms of the, the dollar value and what I can withdraw when I get there? And you just have to weigh it. And, yeah. and it's not just a one size fits all. It's usually for younger people, you think in terms of, you know, do the Roth now. But, you know, quite frankly, I like to tell people, have some money in both pockets. And then you got some flexibility to decide when, uh, you know, how much you need to have this tax and how much you need to have this tax free when you get there. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to do a one bonus one here this week, Mike, on on the, uh, this conversation. And if you find yourself in that spot of saying, I, I know I didn't start my, my savings journey soon enough in life. Do mm. you, do your kids or your grandkids the favor? And I know they're not going to listen to you the first time or maybe even the first 20 times you say it, right? But keep kind of telling them, hey, you've got to start paying yourself your future self and do it as, as often as you can earlier on because I think it's only going to get harder for the next generations as well to save for retirement, right? Because they are going to make some changes to Social Security. They're going to have to. It may not affect a lot of us over 50, but it certainly could affect our kids or grandkids. So yeah. if you feel that, that you didn't start your journey soon enough, certainly share that message with the with the younger generation. Exactly. And it's, you know, I think it's not so much of a, a message of, you know, I did this and so you need to not do it. I think it's more of a, Paint the picture for them yeah, of what go. it will look like for them, like you said, your future self, yeah. 30, 40, 50 years down the road. What do you want to be doing and what will it take? And are you doing what's necessary to get there? But you know, help them to think in terms of the reality of being there. And that's a hard thing to do when you're a 20-year-old, right? Oh, for sure, but yeah. 
it's possible. Yeah, uh, to, it's hard to, to convince them to do things, right? We we can say, hey, just don't make my mistake. Do this, and right. we know that they're not going to listen, right? So definitely, you know, you know your own family members. Try to find a way that you can get that 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 to resonate with them to hopefully help them in the future. My daughter is doing great in her military career, and she's saving, but she's not saving as much as I'd like her to, considering that she has so many other things paid for by being, you mm-hmm. know, in the service. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, just <laughs> this this is a great opportunity right now to really ramp up that retirement account. She's like, yeah, but I might want. I'm like, you're not gonna need it, and you're not gonna miss it. You're, you've got so many things being covered for you with your position. You're fine, right? And even in a situation like that, it's still hard to convince them to do you know the quote unquote right thing. So you got to help them. You got to lead them to the water somehow, right? And hopefully, then they'll drink. That's about all you can hope for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So give them a good, good picture and uh, just encourage them along the way. Yep. Don't, it's not a one and done. It's just keep that thought there with them. There you go. Them. I like that. Paint the picture. Very good. All right, folks. Well, that's our podcast this week here on strategic planning. As always, don't forget to reach out to Mike if you need some help or share the message or podcast or, you know, Mike's information with someone else, you know, who doesn't have a plan or a strategy and could use some help. He's been helping families for 40 plus years and a great resource for you to tap into at Strategic Planning Corporation. Find him online at spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com and find the podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Mike, my friend, thank you as always. I hope you have a great week. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Mark, and hope everyone does the same. Have a great week. Absolutely. And enjoy your holiday, your Halloween coming up. We'll see you guys in November for more Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.